for the world we're living in right now, I can't stop talking about this. I won't stop talking about this. Protecting your peace. And it's okay if you don't value protecting your peace. But if you clicked on this episode, you probably value it just like me. So what is protecting your peace? Or first, why is it important? Obviously, I think it's important because we all just want to feel good. We want to feel better. And when we are activated, when we're triggered, when our nervous system is dysregulated, we don't feel good. We're anxious and it just feels gross. First, let's point out that a dysregulated nervous system means you are activated, which means you're in fight, flight, freeze. That is a survival mechanism. The problem right now in this day and age is that we turn on our fight, flight, freeze in our mind most of the time. We think a very worrisome thought, boom, our body goes into fight, flight, freeze, and then we, our entire nervous system is ramped up, turned on, cortisol, adrenaline, our heart's thumping, we have butterflies in our stomach, and we're dysregulated. And we did that just from our mind. We did that from a worrisome thought. This is the power that we hold. And this is why it's important. Likewise, if we deep belly breathe and we are in nature and we're breathing and we're praying or we're meditating, we regulate our nervous system then. When we deep belly breathe, we get into rest and digest, which is parasympathetic nervous system. So we have a direct line to our nervous system. We control which nervous system we trigger. Do we dysregulate our system or do we regulate our system? And we control this nervous system by the habits we do, by the things we think, by the things we watch, by the things we read. This is why it's so important. Also, just like in my healing episode I did not long ago, I describe how we can only be in one nervous system at one time. We can only be in sympathetic or parasympathetic. We can only be in fight or flight or rest and digest. So if you are trying to heal, if you have an autoimmune disease, if you're trying to heal, but you are in fight or flight every single day because you're in a worrisome if you if you worry in your mind every single day and turn on your fight or flight system every day you are not in rest and digest and rest and digest nervous system is our healing mode that is our body healing and repairing when it is in rest and digest which is when we're sleeping but we can be in rest and digest ideally through the day so then we're healing 24 hours a day But if we have a very stressful life or we have really worrisome thoughts or we scroll and watch just really scary stuff on social media, we are activating our survival mode in our body. And when our body is in survival mode, when it's in fight or flight, it cannot heal also. So if healing is so important to you in your life right now, you have to prioritize getting into rest and digest. You have to prioritize regulating your nervous system. 
which is protecting your peace. This is why they say stress leads to disease because emotional stress turns on your survival mode, your fight or flight in your body. And then when you are constantly in survival mode, when you're constantly pumping adrenaline and cortisol every single day, every single day, your body cannot sustain that. It will eventually break down faster than it should be because you are constantly in survival mode. And it's also important to note that we have fight or flight for a reason. It's our survival mechanism. If a bear is chasing us, we need that mode to survive. Or if our house is getting robbed, we need that mechanism to survive. It serves a function. But the problem right now is that we're using it when we shouldn't be using it. We're home on a Tuesday afternoon playing with our kids outside or watching our kids outside playing and our life isn't threatened. There is no bear chasing us, but we're in our head thinking about, oh, what if I have, what if I have cancer? Oh, what's going to happen with my husband's job? Oh my gosh, what's happening with the state of the world? We are filling our mind with fear and worry and then our body goes into survival and our body thinks a bear is chasing us. That's what's happening to our body is it thinks its life is in danger, but it's not. So we are overusing this survival mode way, way more than we should be. If there's a person that is constantly worried or conscious, constantly anxious, then they are constantly getting cortisol and adrenaline dumped into their bloodstream every second, every minute, every hour of the day. And their, their body is literally running off of those survival hormones. This is dysregulation. Your body needs to be running off of energy from food, not stress hormones. And this is so common for women. Women... They might not eat all day because they're so busy. Not eating is stressful to the body. And then your body has to output cortisol and adrenaline to have energy. So then not eating, you're running on cortisol and adrenaline. You're running on survival hormones. You're running on stress hormones. That's not the way the body was designed to be. So I think one of the first steps, if you want to protect your peace is you have to be an investigator on what dysregulates your nervous system. What are behaviors you do? How are you living every day? And what are these behaviors that you're doing in your day that activates your nervous system, that makes you feel with your clammy hands, you get clammy hands or a, or a racing heartbeat. What are the things that you do in your day that make you feel anxious? You have to figure out if you're purposely engaging with people in your life that activate your nervous system, are you purposely, not purposely, but are you reading articles that activate your nervous system? Are you watching things like movies or the news that activate your nervous system? So cumulatively, are the behaviors that you're doing every single day or all day, are all those behaviors 
adding to your anxiety or are they adding to your peace? So what situations make you feel anxious? What things on social media make you feel anxious? What people? And then do the opposite. What makes you feel peaceful? What can make you feel peaceful? What does peace feel like in your body? Do you even know? Who can you hang out with that makes you feel peaceful? What type of movies make you feel peaceful? What activities? You have to be an investigator in your life. What do these things make you feel? Do you, do you like how they feel? If not, we have to change our behavior because we have control over ourselves. We don't have control over anyone else. If we want to protect our peace, we have to identify where our peace bubble is getting popped. And is it in our control? Most, a lot of it is, in my opinion. For example, we wake up in the morning and we're regulated. If, if you slept, you wake up with a regulated nervous system. Obviously, insomnia is a huge cause of dysregulation. But if you slept, you wake up regulated. And then your choices after you wake up either continue to allow yourself to feel peaceful or you choose substances or behaviors that make your nervous system activated. So if you reach for your phone and then you scroll social media right away and everything you see on social media is really upsetting, that is a behavior that is fully in your control that you can change. So most people, they might scroll right away, see upsetting things, they get dysregulated, they get anxious, they get stressed right away in the morning and then they reach for coffee and coffee is a nervous system stimulant. So then right away, in the first 15 minutes of waking up, we might be dysregulated by choices that we're making, that we're doing. And I'm not saying be hard on yourself because of this. I'm saying identifying and being truthful about these things is the only way it can change. So recently, depending on the events of the world, sometimes the world just feels heavy, obviously. And then other times it's fine. But lately it's been feeling heavier. And so social media has been getting to me. And normally it takes a lot for things to get to me. But because it's been so heavy, I put up a, I put up a personal boundary. And I said no social media before 9 a.m. And it was hard. But I knew I had to do it to protect my peace personal boundaries to protect your peace is how you support yourself and how you love yourself and so boundaries 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 it's like kind of the talk right now but even if you set a boundary with someone else they still might act in a certain way we can't control someone else even if we implement a boundary with them so i'm very big on personal boundaries so what i mean is you know, if social media is making you feel gross, you have to step up and put a personal boundary on yourself with social media. So say you're on it for one hour a day, put your boundary up and, and say 30 minutes, 30 minutes is the max. 
you have the power to control yourself and controlling your phone usage. If something makes you feel gross, we have to stop doing it. This is personal responsibility. This is base level type of stuff. But most of us are so addicted, so emotionally addicted to stress, chaos, anxiousness, because that cortisol, that adrenaline in our system makes us feel alive. This is what the holistic psychologist calls emotional addiction. It's when we go out and seek to get a hit of adrenaline through maybe uh, Instagram, a uh, social media comment section fight with strangers. We might, we might get our hit of adrenaline through that. Or we might turn on a scary movie or listen to a, a crime show podcast because we get a hit of adrenaline and then we feel alive. For most people, peace feels boring because most of us in our childhood we may have been so anxious or so ramped we might have had so much adrenaline in our childhood for whatever reason Um, you know the reasons are are endless but our nervous system learned that that's baseline that adrenaline is baseline so then when we grow up we go and seek drama or we seek chaos or we we, we pick a fight with our partner because we need that adrenaline to feel alive. And this is emotional addiction. I kind of talk about all the all the time, I feel like. But similarly, outrage culture is something the holistic psychologist just posted about. And it's an emotional addiction cycle, which is when events in the world happen kind of on social media and it causes an outrage And then everyone pressures everyone that you need to be outraged about this. Or all of these world events do cause outrage in us because it is upsetting. But this is emotional addiction where it's a cycle. It's, you know, every month it's a new headline. It's a new world event. And we feel hopeless from it. We feel hypervigilant. We react to people or we react to the world or we online fight in like the comment section, we mock people, we shame people, and our ego loves it because our ego loves to feel morally superior or I'm, I'm smarter or I'm more aware or like I'm outraged about this because I care and you need to too when that's just emotional addiction. And that's the ego trying to be like, I care. I, I care more than you. But what this leads to is things like depression and anxiety, insomnia. And we're literally turning on our survival mode. When we read a headline from what's happening in China, it turned on our survival mode if we're in the United States. That's not how nature designed it to be. So we're reading all these headlines from all around the world. So then we're constantly in survival mode. We're constantly stressed out and being flooded with adrenaline. And that's not normal. So before you choose to get emotionally involved in a world issue, which of course it's okay to get involved in world issues. But 
Is it the hill you want to die on? Before you get involved, before you let your nervous system get dysregulated by this world event for days on end, ask yourself, is this worth the impact it will have on my nervous system? Are you willing to let this world event put you into a survival mode in your body that then could potentially ruin your day-to-day, the next day, and the next week, and this week? Is it worth it for you? And it might be. But most of the time, it's not the hill we need to die on. And this is something I'm currently processing because I don't believe in burying my head in the sand and not knowing nothing about the world and closing myself off from the world. I like knowing a little bit of what's going on in the world. But I have my boundaries on how much. I only like to know the gist of things going on. Like little brush. I mean, okay, if it's something I really care about, I will dive in, maybe. But I only like to know the gist, so I'm aware. I like being aware, but I have a personal boundary of I don't need to read eight articles today about this thing that will dysregulate my nervous system. That's not okay with me. And these are personal boundaries. And these are what we have to learn. This is a process, right? Like we're learning how social media is affecting our nervous system and our emotions. And now we're trying to figure out how to live with it. And you have to figure out what your boundaries should be or what they shouldn't be. It's all a very unique personal journey and experiment. You're basically an investigator. So you can learn how to protect your peace better by knowing what hill you are fine dying on. Is every single world issue yours to speak about? Is every single world issue yours to worry about? It is not your responsibility to heal the world. I'm sorry, you don't have that power. Your ego might tell you you can heal the world or you should heal the world. But that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is yourself and the healing of yourself. If you wish to see peace in the world, peace begins with you. If you wish to see healing in the world, healing begins with you. And when I say you can't heal the world, I don't mean you don't have power. I'm saying it's not your responsibility. We're not here to be put on the earth to have that heavy, heavy burden on our heart and on our shoulders. That's not our burden to carry. We can affect the world and we do every day. But We cannot control the world. We can't force healing on people that don't want to be healed. We can't force the world to be healed. We just, we don't have that control. So if we want the world healed, we just have to heal ourselves because that's all the control we have. So similarly, if, if we just want the world a more loving place, 
that love begins with us. It's so cliche, but it's true. And what's funny is that healing yourself is not an easy task. Like, it just sounds easy. Like, you don't have to heal the world. You just have to heal yourself. But, you know, you can spend your whole lifetime healing. It's a journey. It's, it's really slow. And it's also beautiful. When you can actually stop and look back at the growth you've had and the person you've so far become and give yourself credit and have a little celebration, have a party for yourself, that's what we need to do more. Like, I just changed this habit. Do you know how many people wouldn't change that habit and how hard it is to change that habit and I just did it? I'm going to give myself this credit. I deserve this credit. When you have a little win, a new habit, you conquer a baby step, just try to give yourself credit. Just try it. Because being hard on yourself, we do that all the time and we already see it doesn't work. So try a different method. Try to just give yourself credit for what you achieve and what you accomplish, even if it's the littlest, littlest thing. This is actually hilarious. I have to tell you that it's very ironic that throughout this whole entire episode, my cat would not leave me alone. He would keep like walking over my iPhone where I record this, meowing in my face. He was interrupting my peace (laughs) when I'm recording an episode about protecting my peace. I think this is how the universe works. He was so annoying and I just put him in the guest suite. I locked him in (laughs) the guest suite. He can handle (laughs) sitting in the guest suite for 20 minutes as I finish this because it was too much. So this brings me to a really good point. The people we live with, no matter if it's your cat, your roommate, your mom, your husband, your wife, your child, your roommates will trigger the F out of you and will ruin your peace a lot. That's life. That's what happens. Whoever you live with, whoever you mingle with on a daily basis, even coworkers, they are the ones that will most likely trigger you and interrupt your peace the most. And this is a whole other topic. I have episodes about this. I have episodes called, I'm triggered, now what? I have an episode called, how you treat your partner or child is a reflection of how you feel inside. So I would recommend if you want help with your children and your spouse or your coworkers that constantly trigger you and interrupt your peace this is or you could listen to the episode called conscious parenting what is conscious parenting and conscious marriage because it's that's what I cover that's a whole other topic and I have other episodes about this but I just want to reaffirm that yes the people we see and have a relationship on a daily basis they are often the ones that get blamed for our stress And that's really just showing us that we're not aligned. We're not as aligned and peaceful as we could be. So in summary, if you want to heal your body, if you have some physical symptoms or you have autoimmune disease or you're constantly sick, 
protecting your peace, which means regulating your nervous system, which means getting your body into rest and digest, should be your utmost priority. Because your body cannot heal while it's in survival mode. Or if you're just simply always anxious, that means your system is constantly dysregulated. You are constantly in fight or flight. If you are constantly anxious, you are in fight or flight all the time, every day. So your body is in constant survival mode and we need to tell it to rest and digest. You have control over your body and your nervous system. And I have an episode about anxiety. I think I have one or two. And that's a whole other topic because there are ways to support yourself. Like CBD oil, magnesium is huge. Almost every person is low on in magnesium. You absolutely need magnesium if you have any sort of anxiety. But I do believe that a lot of our anxiousness is self-induced. Meaning we cause it by the habits that we do every day. And we're just not aware. So we need to investigate what are our habits? Who are we hanging out with? What are we watching and reading that cause our nervous system to get dysregulated? Who in our life causes our nervous system to get ramped up? Who or what activates us? And then we can implement personal boundaries. We can stop reaching out to the person that activates our nervous system. You can do that. Yes, they might feel disappointed in you or they might be sad. But do you want to support yourself? Do you want to take care of your healing? Do you want to protect your peace? If you want to protect your peace, you have to get serious about these things. There's no other way around it. If you care more about what someone thinks of you then protecting your peace, I can't help you. So once you investigate and you become aware of what dysregulates you on a daily basis, then you also have to figure out what brings you joy and happiness and peace. Are you doing more habits every day that add to anxiousness or are you doing more habits every day that lead to more peace? And then once you discover what brings you more happiness and joy and peace every day, do more of that. Do as much as you can. Even if you can only do one thing a day, try to work up to two two things a day. Or if you can only do something peaceful for five minutes in a day, try to work up to 10 minutes. To be honest, most people have time for Netflix for two hours in the evening. So... Time usually isn't an excuse for people. It is for some people, you know, like working moms or something. And then what substances are you consuming that activate your nervous system, that dysregulates you? For most people, it's drinking coffee on an empty stomach. That shouldn't be happening. Coffee is not bad, but limit it. I do one cup a day after breakfast. Try to drink your coffee with or after breakfast. So then it won't spike your blood sugar. It won't raise your stress hormones in your body. 
which then dysregulates you. If you wake up and you don't eat anything for breakfast for hours and you drink coffee, that will most likely dysregulate your nervous system. So please, drink your coffee after breakfast or during breakfast and then make sure your breakfast is healthy, healthy protein and fats, and then eat every three to four hours. We have to nourish our bodies and we have to give our bodies actual energy to run off of. Because if a woman, so first I'm going to say all the fasting science and information I've ever read and what I have been told is that the science is done on males, on men, not women. And for women, especially childbearing age, where we have to ovulate, our body needs fat, protein, calories, carbs, obviously. It needs enough calories. It needs enough nourishment to do a natural, normal function like ovulating. But so many women, they fast for whatever reason. They're too busy. You know, that's usually they're too busy. They're just going to not eat. But they drink coffee. This makes your body run off of stress hormones. Stress hormones are cortisol and adrenaline. And when you run off of stress hormones, you are in survival mode. You are in fight or flight mode. So what you eat or what you don't eat affects this. If you literally binge on bakery, that raises your blood sugar, which will dysregulate your nervous system. What you eat and how often regulates or dysregulates your nervous system. This is major stuff. This is information that I have completely implemented in the past year, which is why I'm not vegan anymore, because I can now see how important fat and protein is in every single meal so that my nervous system can stay in rest and digest. Because if you're drinking pop, soda, not eating, eating bakery, bread, you know, all simple high carbs, you are spiking your blood sugar and then your nervous system goes into fight or flight. This is so important. So there's emotional aspects to regulating your nervous system and then there are physical aspects. Emotional aspects are what you think. Physical aspects are deep belly breathing and what are you eating and are you eating enough? Are you eating every three to four hours? Are you eating fat and protein? So there's so many ways to support yourself, but if you could just start deep belly breathing and then not drinking coffee on an empty stomach and start eating nourishing meals every few hours, that is the simplest way to just start. And if that feels like too much, just start not drinking coffee on an empty stomach. Just start with that. One little baby step. And then when you conquer it, give yourself credit. Pat yourself on the back. Because it's all these little tiny baby steps and habits that accumulate over the next year, two years, three years. And I'm like, 10 years into my health journey, basically, it wasn't a year process for me. People think I'm, I, I do so much and, oh, it must be so hard to eat the way I do and blah, blah, blah. And it's, 
It's not because it's been the slowest progression. It's been 10 years. So I hope this episode made sense. I hope you enjoyed it. I probably will not ever stop talking about this. It is the most important information. If you ever have questions or you have ideas of what episodes you you want from me, you can always contact me on Wise Women Diaries on Instagram. It's wise underscore women underscore diaries on Instagram.